If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. And friends, if you have ever thought, I need help with grant writing, either because I don't like doing it, or sometimes even, I love grant writing, but just don't have the time to take our grant writing efforts to the next level by writing proposals for lots of new grants, then this bonus break is for you. The bonus break is a short episode you can listen to while taking a tea break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. It's produced as a companion to our longer Successful Nonprofits podcast, and it covers all of the topics you care most about, professional development, fundraising, governance, board relations, marketing, and more. And on today's bonus break, we're going to be talking about engaging a contract grant writer. One of the reasons I decided to do this bonus break is because recently, and when I say recently, in the last month and a half, I have had conversations with two different coaching clients about hiring or engaging a contract grant writer. Additionally, friends, some of the questions that I am most commonly asked are about how to hire a grant writer. And this is true whether we're talking about a contract grant writer or a staff grant writer. Everything from where do I, where do I find a good grant writer? How do I vet that grant writer? What are some good questions to ask, et cetera? And that's why we're going to be covering all of that in this bonus break, along with a special download. So if you go to the show notes, you can download a template that includes a great set of questions that you can ask prospective grant writers. And you can use that with a contract grant writer or a staff grant writer. Now, I need to be frank with you that hiring a contract grant writer can be a great idea for organizations with budgets that are maybe below two or three million dollars who do not already have a paid staff grant writer. And there's a couple of reasons why it's a good idea. The first is it frees up 
the executive director or development director's time. So that way, the executive director can be spending time, frankly, on things that bring even more value to the organization, as can the development director if you happen to have a development officer. Additionally, though, it adds time to go and get additional grants. That means going and writing the grants, etc. If you're the executive director or the development director of your organization, trust me, you're still going to be involved in the process. This is true whether we're talking about actually having that initial phone conversation with a prospective grant funder or reviewing the grant proposal or, frankly, signing off on the final proposal and putting your name on it. The other reason why hiring a contract grant writer can make a lot of sense potentially for your organization is because of specialization. You would be hiring or engaging a contractor who this is pretty much all they do. They've gotten great at grant writing. They know most of the funders in your local area. So they kind of know, oh, if I write it this way, it's really going to it's really going to entice this one funder. But if I write it a different way, again, same same concepts, same thoughts, same program, same everything. But if I write it a different way for this other funder, I know they're going to be more likely to fund it. Now, before we go any further, I do want to note, I, I have used the word hire more than once, but really when we're talking about a contractor, what we're talking about is engaging that contractor. So if you're looking for a contract grant writer, hiring tends to imply employee, which is W-2, et cetera, um, whereas a contractor you would engage. You would sign an agreement or an engagement agreement with that contractor. There are some very important differences between contractors and employees. We are not going to go through it today, but please make sure that when you go out and seek a contract grant writer, you structure it in a way that it meets the legal definition of a contractor and the person can never claim to be an employee. All right, now let's jump into some things you're going to do before you even start to have conversations with contract grant writers. The very first one is I want you to be clear about what you want in a contract grant writer and what you don't want. Let me just give you a few examples. You undoubtedly want someone with a track record of success in grant writing. So you do not want to hire a grant writer who maybe has only written one, two, or three grant proposals. You want someone with some experience. They don't have to have 10 or 15 years experience, but they need to have at least two or three successful years of grant writing experience. You also have to ask yourself, hey, are we going to be looking primarily at government grants or foundation grants? And the reason is those are two very different types of grant proposals to write. And while not always, oftentimes a grant writer excels in one and not the other. There are some that excel in both. And so if you know you're going to be asking someone to write both, that's also something for you, my friends, to be aware of. Additionally, you want to find a contract grant writer that has been doing this consistently for a couple of years as a solopreneur, so as maybe a single-person consulting organization or as part of a larger consulting practice. And the reason is, if you hire someone who is not currently doing this full-time for a lot of organizations, eventually they're going to find a full-time job. And when they do, one of two things will happen. They will either step away as your grant contractor or, 
And honestly, this is even worse. They'll say, oh, I'm just going to do it on nights and weekends. And, you know, it's really, really hard to work a full-time 40, 45-hour-a-week job and then do something as demanding as contract grant writing on nights and weekends. Additionally, those nights and weekends might not mesh with your schedule and your team's schedule. So let me be very clear. You want someone who is doing contract grant writing professionally and has been doing it for a while. You may also want someone who's not just going to write grant proposals for you, but is also going to be doing prospect research to identify new grant funding sources for you. And one of the things that I often ask a contract grant writer to do is to actually, in their first month to six weeks, to put together essentially a grant calendar. And that's where, over the next 12 months, they will lay out all of the renewal proposals that they are going to be writing for us. But then they also go and do that prospect research for a number of new funding sources or new grants from funding sources that we're already familiar with. And then they lay those proposal deadlines out over the year. And oftentimes when I hire a contract grant writer, I kind of have the expectation of two to three grant proposals a month. Which also, by the way, gets to the next thing. How many grant proposals a month do you want this person to write? Really think through that. So, you know, I just said two to three. So if that's an average of two and a half, that's 30 grant proposals a year. And what that means is if you have eight current funding sources and you want that person to write renewals, you're going to be asking that person if you decide, hey, it's about two to three a month, you're going to be asking that person to write an additional 22 proposals for new funding or two new funding sources. And when you ask them to do that, it's also important that you be very clear about what your floor is for grant writing. And when I say floor, what is the least amount of money you are willing to ask for when you write a grant proposal? I've seen a lot of contract grant writers that will churn out $5,000 proposals and sometimes even $1,000 proposals. And my friends, by the time you pay a contract grant writer, frankly, it's not a good return on your investment for them to be churning out $1,000 proposals, $2,500 proposals, and often even $5,000 proposals. So you figure out what the floor is going to be so that you're able to communicate that as you are out looking for contract grant writers. So two final things that I want you to consider as you're outlining what you want from your contract grant writer. One of those is you probably want someone who's going to craft proposals that are tailored to each funder's area of interest and perspectives. Remember earlier when I said, oh yeah, a good grant writer who knows your local funding sources will know that Foundation A is very interested in a specific program, but actually wants to be pitched for that program in a very specific way, whereas funder B might want to be pitched through a different way, or the text in the proposal might be very different, even though you're pitching the exact same program with the exact same objectives and deliverables. And so you don't want a grant writer who's just going to hit that magic number, however many days you want a month or a year to be written. You do not want them to hit that number by just copying and pasting the same text and sending the same proposal out to 30 funders. That's not what you want. That's called a spray and pray method. And by the way, it will work against you. Let me repeat that. Taking the same proposal and sending it to 30 funders will work against you. Funders, especially in a local community, often talk to each other. 
And so trust me, they will end up having conversations about that proposal. And then the last piece that you might want to consider is, do you also want your grant writer to be doing some post-award grant management? That might include, for example, drafting an, an internal award memo when a grant award comes in that tells whoever is managing your books, hey, here's the line item budget for this grant that tells whoever's implementing the program, okay, here's what the deliverables are and here's what we will need from you for reporting. So you might want to also ask your contract grant writer to really do some contract grant management as well and manage all of your funded proposals. And so again, that probably starts with that memo. Um, but then it also could be things like coordinating and compiling the grant reports, whether they're due monthly, quarterly, annual, whatever, making sure that that is kind of within their purview. So once again, it's off your plate. Because let's face it, off your plate is awesome. And it's awesome every day of the week. So once you are very clear about what you want and what you do not want in a contract grant writer, you're going to put all of that together in kind of a draft email so that as you have conversations with prospective grant writers, you can actually email them specifically what you are looking for. Now let's talk about how I source good and local contract grant writers. Because honestly, I often have to do this when I do interim executive director engagements. And you know, friends, I often travel for interim engagements. Um, I think I've done like uh, maybe six, seven, or eight interim engagements at this point. Only one of them was in the city that I live in. All the other ones I've traveled for. And they often are in cities that I have never worked in full-time before. And so when I need to find a contract grant writer, I have a little bit of a higher barrier. I mean, certainly I could just post an ad and say, hey, we're looking for a contract grant writer. But I have to share with you, that's not the best way to get a good contract grant writer. So I typically do two things before I even think about posting an ad. The first is I ask my colleagues in that area or my colleagues in that field if they can recommend a good grant writer. And so last year I was doing an interim in California when we needed to hire a grant writer. I went on LinkedIn and I looked at everybody, really I did a search for everybody who I know who works in the nonprofit sector and is in the state of California. So I ended up sending, gosh, maybe about 25 or 30 emails to people that I personally know. They know who I am as well and said, hey, my organization that I'm doing an interim for is looking for a contract grant writer. And by the way, here, here's some constraints we've got, like we've got a tight deadline, we've got a proposal coming up in two months, whatever it might be. Who could you recommend? And from that, I got like six or seven great, really good recommendations. Another thing to do is to Google. So just do a Google search for consultants or solopreneurs in your area that are offering grant writing services. Because again, what you really want is not the person who's looking for a job. You want someone who has already created their own job by doing contract grant writing for a number of different nonprofit organizations. So once you get that core list, three, four, certainly no more than 10 good recommendations or good sources that you've been able to find, then you need to do some initial vetting. Do you remember that email I just suggested that you compose? Well, what you might also want to do is add a little description of your organization and then send that to this short list of however many recommended grant writers you currently have on the list. 
And you'll essentially say, here's what we're looking for. This is what we're thinking about in terms of the number of grant proposals we'd like written. Uh, We'd love to have a five to 10 minute exploratory conversation with you. And the reason you want to start with that exploratory conversation is it's not going to be reasonable for them necessarily to just share their fees up front. It's also not going to be reasonable necessarily for you to say up front, hey, here's what our budget's going to be. So in that five to 10 minute conversation, there's really only three or four things you want to assess. And so here's what they are. First of all, you want to make sure that you understand their expertise both in grant writing and also any possible expertise in the programs and services that your organization offers. You want to make sure you understand their fee schedule. You want to know how they're going to work with you and your team. And you want to get a gut sense, could they potentially be a good fit or not? And you should be able to do all of this in 10 minutes or less. And then based on that, you might continue with more in-depth screening of just a handful of these prospective contract grant writers. So what I would recommend you do with those three or four, first of all, schedule a more in-depth conversation. We're talking like a 60-minute conversation. Don't forget, in the show notes, we will be including uh, a template on grant writer interview questions. You can use those questions to help structure the conversation. But again, keep in mind, you're not interviewing an employee. What you're doing is you're talking to a prospective contractor. Those are very different conversations. If that conversation's going well, after about 30 or 35 minutes, there's a few other things in that conversation I would do. I would ask for writing samples. I would also ask for references. But the types of references I would ask for, I would not say, hey, give me the name of three organizations that can say great things about you. I would be paying close attention in the conversation. And when I ask them about their relationship with foundations, when they boast about having a great a really great relationship with Foundation A in your local community, I would ask them, hey, who who at Foundation A could I have a conversation with? Just so I can get more information about you, so I can check your reference with that foundation. Also, you might want to ask a question, something like, hey, have you ever had a significant disagreement with a client, and how did you resolve that? And of course, everyone knows the answer to that question. Oh, I went to them, we had a heart-to-heart talk, and after it, you know, we came to an alignment and we moved forward together. And by the way, that's a great answer, and we hope that's what happens. But when you're asking for references, that's the time to say, hey, do you remember that client that you mentioned that you, you needed to kind of get into alignment with? Could we talk to that client, and would you please provide us with an introduction? So you want two or three references, not ones that they have cherry-picked, but ones that they have brought up in their conversation with you. And then the last thing that I would ask for is an initial trial. And so, you know, before you sign a year-long contract with someone, I would strongly recommend that you do one of two things. Um, You could either say, hey, can we contract on an hourly basis to work on just one grant proposal that is coming up? Or B, if they're not willing to do that, you could say, could we start with a one to maybe three-month agreement with an agreed monthly amount? And then if the contract extends beyond that initial term, we also will have agreed to to a slightly lower amount. And the reason for that is if you're a contract grant writer, the first one to three months are far more work for you than each month after that. So my friends... That's pretty much everything that I have to share with you today about how to engage a contract grant writer. 
I hope that it's been helpful. And once again, if you go to the show notes at SuccessfulNonprofits.com, or by the way, if you're uh, listening to this on your phone, you can just scroll down and see the show notes. You can get to the link that will allow you to get our interview question template for contract grant writers. Thank you so much for sharing this time with me, friends. I hope that you have gained some insight to help you and your nonprofit thrive. And a quick disclaimer, I'm not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the consulting practice provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, and accounting advice. Please, if that is what you need, find a licensed, qualified professional in your area and get the counsel that you need.